Okay, so... So there's a second... Whoa, there's a second question. Um, and this is one where you'll just go around and each person will contribute something. You don't have to say absolutely everything and then wait for the next person and the next person and you'll have another chance. It'll just go around. And the question is... Share ways that you have learned to work with these hindrances or to see them more clearly such that even if they're present, they're no longer hindering. So basically ways to work with these five hindrances in your life. And hopefully you'll learn some things from the other folks and maybe play off of them. So just go ahead for a few minutes and then we'll come back together. Okay, so um, coming back together... Winding up what you're saying, I know it's uh, hard to stop. <laughs> and then just coming back into the into the big group. You can thank your friends. Sorry, we don't want to come back. We're all gathered around this topic. Concentrated minds. Yeah, really, why is it so much fun to talk about hindrances? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because you discover you're not the only one that has. That's right. That's right. And not the only one that has multiple So the purpose of coming back together is not actually to take you away from your friends. It's so that we can share our wisdom more widely. Because Bill and I, whoa, Bill and I didn't get to hear what you were talking about. We're nosy. And we're very nosy. We want to know. And also, um, this is a chance to um, share more broadly anything that came up in your groups and also to ask any questions about the topic so far. And either Bill or I might, might be able to respond. I can share on two things. Okay. That- I shared in my group, but to share at the other level, one, two things, one for each of these questions, but how the, one of the hindrance of sensual desire that will arise for me is when I have a connection with somebody, it's just, we're together, we're present, there's this connection, there's joy in the heart, and then it might be four hours later, and I come and I sit, and I'm like, oh, I want that connection again, I wonder the next mm-hmm. time I meet that, so I, I notice that. And then for um, a way that I learned how to work with the hindrances, one of the practices I did is, because um, I like to journal, is I wrote them all down on a piece of paper, and at the end of the day I would take an inventory of what hindrance, hindrance arose throughout the day during what type of cause and condition and what happened. And so it kind of really brought that to my attention, of doing that repetitively of, oh, this is what happens and this is what hindrance arises. And so that was skillful to, to have that practice. Just on that. Yeah, that's very wise. Actually, we are encouraged um, to notice what um, feeds the hindrances and what starves them. Mm-hmm. That's part of satipatthana practice. Actually, is to notice what helps create them, and then we want not to do those things. And also, we can notice, like you talked about in the second round, what helps reduce them. In your case, investigation mm-hmm. is a one factor that helps. Uh, understand and manage and eventually reduce the hindrances. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Eve. So one of the things that I shared in the group was about um, 
energetic restlessness and, and noticing how um, like in a like how the conversation with someone that you know where it matters where it feels like it matters and then afterwards I'll do the you know what do you call the, the Monday morning quarterbacking you know and and, and, and what I, you know did I There'd be a little, there'd be kind of anxiety about it, or worry, or sometimes, sometimes remorse, but sometimes it doesn't meet the, it doesn't meet the bar for full-on remorse. It just, <laughs> it just meets the bar for worry, you know. Yeah. And and trying to, you know, and in some ways it feels. It, the funny thing is, it it feels like it masks this wholesomeness in a way because it's wanting me to be, you know ethical and whatever else in my relations, but it can have this energetic quality of being worried and, and restless. I, and so when I go to sit, I can feel the restlessness, and it takes me a while to get settled and to just be calm about, you know, like to ex- sort of accept this is, what, this is what happened, right, whatever, it, you know, and not have the whole story about what happened. So, mm-hmm. And I think the second question was what helps is to be compassionate towards those parts of me, um, actively, like really cultivating that kind of active kindness towards those parts that, like they're not perfect. Yeah. Like, okay, that was that conversation. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to learn from it, but but yeah. not but not um, not have perfection as being uh, the goal. Yeah, that's wise. Also, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. We sort of decided that the hindrances were our best teachers. Oh, that's a very wise attitude. <laughs> <laughs> the hindrances are our teachers, yes. So Sloth and Torpor was running a close second to um, agitation. And uh, then we felt like the subtlest one was doubt. Doubt was really something that's kind of always creeping in and telling you you're not doing it right or you're trying to fix things or something. Yeah. Great. So you took an inventory of popularity. (laughs) There's this uh, well-known concept called multiple hindrance attack. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they don't just come one by one. You'll talk about all five of them attacking them. Yeah. Yeah. We also talked about the connection between agitation and sloth and torque, or whatever you want to call it, tiredness, I suppose, uh, and how the two, sometimes it's hard to separate the two, that uh, two of us at least were saying that because we get agitated, we then get tired, and the way it manifests itself is we come to sit and we get sleepy, but the reason we're sleepy is because we were so agitated. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, when a baby gets overtired <laughs> and it's just a disaster, right? <laughs> the mind can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Learning to manage energy, I think, is a big part of practice because actually energy is what balances with concentration. And if the energy level of the mind is not balanced and you know, sort of, that's why we talk about alert and relaxed, <laughs> right? Um, if it's not there, if it's off, then it can't. It's not stable enough to support the growth of concentration on the cushion that Bill's going to be talking about. It can, it can 
can be deceptive too. I'm thinking as you're as you're saying that that uh, sometimes if I think I'm tired, that a change in circumstances and suddenly I'm not tired. Yeah, isn't that interesting? That's why I said they're <laughs> habitual. Like you know, when you go like when when I was a kid, I used to go shopping with my mom and. I was so tired at the bank and the post office. But if we came out and she said, should we stop for ice cream? I wasn't tired anymore. You know, no problem. So <laughs> has a lot to do with our interest level also. <laughs> I also saw a relationship between um, a couple of them. Um, the ones I brought up in the group were um, aversion and agitation. Mm-hmm. And when yeah. I wanted things to be different than they are, um, then the agitation would really mm-hmm. come up, and there would be like this whole flood of that's not right, and that's not right, and mm-hmm. just getting really irritated, frustrated, a little pissy, you know. But recognizing that happening, you know, and really recognizing it, coming back to well, this is all about. I really want this to be different than it is. <laughs> and I've done that, and I can actually just really recognize that I want it to be different than it is, watch all that agitation just reduce. Yeah, so that's skillful to and see the hindrance. It's no longer hindering you. It might still be there. Yeah, the situation still isn't what I want, but at least you're not buying into it and feeding those hindrances. It's not so much the aversion that I feel in my body, but I definitely feel the agitation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in my body. Yep. And that recognition mm-hmm. can take it back to the wanting it to be different and then going, oh yeah, okay, but that's the way it is. Yep. And it's like, Phew. I think a lot of these are relational. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of the things we discussed was um, uh, mindfulness itself and its sort of unique property that mindfulness, uh, when present, weakens the unwholesome and strengthens the wholesome. Yeah. And so that with any of the hindrances, if you can just be aware of it long enough, you can it, the hindrance will start to lose its momentum. Yep. Um, and that's a, and that is one strategy just for uh, dealing with them. Yeah. Very beautiful. That's actually the preferred strategy, but we can't always pull it off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Charles. Okay. So I have a general question. Maybe Bill is the one to answer this, but I found that I have a hard time with the whole understanding concentration. And then, Kim, you said something about sports. And, and, and there's been a couple of times where I've played sports that I've been in the, quote, zone, yeah. quote. Yeah, yeah. And it's the most amazing experience because it's like I'm observing. I don't even know who's playing the sport. Yep. It's not me. Yep. And like I just amazed at what my body can do when I somehow get out of the way of my body. You know. Mm-hmm. And for somehow, you know, my mind I don't know whether, you know, it's it's I'm not thinking. You know, I'm just being. Mm-hmm. And so, would you guys, I mean, I'm, so that must be something about what you're talking about today, somewhere in there. What is that? Mm. What stage of mm-hmm. jhana is that when that happens? 
We might each have something to say on that. Do you? I don't. Do you want to start? Probably don't shouldn't. Have to. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll get into that. You get into that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, but it's wonderful when that happens. Yeah. But it's so yeah. rare, and I have no control over it. That's right. right. It's not you. Yeah. What? Yeah. It's I would love to learn how to, you know, have some, you know, you know, have that happen more than just. You know, every ten years. How <laughs> about every year? Well, yeah, I would settle for every year right now. That'd be wonderful. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that's why. That's but that's what this is all about, right? Learning how to do that, right? Well, I think what we'll talk about next is, and what Kim is alluding to also, is you're setting up basically the conditions for something to occur. Yeah. You're. It's like you're fertilizing the soil, planting right. a seed. You don't make the seed grow. You give it an environment, you know, in which it can manifest. Right. And that's what we'll talk about next. Is yeah. What, what does that environment look like a little bit more? Because yeah. it definitely, you know, talked about that already, you know, and all these other aspects of our normal life. Right. But there's additional things you can do. Yeah. yeah. But, but right now, I don't even know what those things are. I mean, okay. it's just like every, every, occasionally it just happens. Mm. Right. Yeah. Okay. Which is natural. Which is natural. I have okay. a couple additional comments. Um, sometimes people want to know if the zone is wise concentration or not. Mm -hmm. um, what marks wise concentration is the presence of wisdom. So, you know, are you aware that it's not you? You know, this experience of not self, if you, mm -hmm. that wisdom is actually present, okay, then you're tending toward wise concentration, but I think I want to illustrate with an example. Um, there was a time when someone uh, was, one of Shyla Catherine's students was talking with her, right? And so Shyla Catherine is this teacher I talked about earlier who teaches concentration. And this student said that she had been working on, as part of as a sort of a volunteer activity, she'd been helping design floor plans for a new um, uh, building that was being it was going to be built, and she was all excited about it, and she had gotten really, really concentrated on the floor plans and just figuring out every little detail, and it was, you know, for the mathematically minded, this is a very absorbing task, and she felt she was totally in the zone, and she, um, she said, it just felt so pure and so not me, and I just, you know, is this, is this what you've been talking about all this time with concentration practice? And Charla thought for a second, and she said, well... The difference between that and sitting on the cushion and having jhana is that one of them leads to a great floor plan and one of them leads to liberation from suffering. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was a pretty good answer. <laughs> All right, why don't we take a break? Um, and five or ten minutes. So we'll come back at like five of three.